good to see everybody. What a great Christmas worship time, you know, just uh, it makes everything uh, make sense when we really put Jesus at the center of it all, of our life, of our marriage, but you know, especially the season, like that's what it's about, you know. Nick will tell you he wasn't born in December, but I don't care, you know. <laughs> Right, it's not about that. You know, people could get into the. Uh, I'm joking. Nick doesn't get into those, you know, things. He has the biggest tree I've seen, you know, in his house and Christmas tree. And but, uh, but it's just interesting to me. You know, people will just fight you on anything they possibly can. It's like, okay, we're celebrating Jesus, just like. That's right. Right. All right. So this morning. Oh, yes, Veronica's not here, but she told me I had to mention something. Okay, yes, I know what it is. Um, (laughs) Before I get into the Word, so we're doing something new next year on Wednesday nights, okay? Um, The first two uh, Wednesday nights of the year, you don't want to miss them. Nick is going to be teaching, uh, finishing the um, 24-hour Bible review, and he's finishing on Revelation and End Times. It's going to be awesome, but on the 19th, Wednesday, January 19th, we're starting a new format on Wednesday nights, okay? And um, we'll have a slide for this next week. But, um, but what, it, what it's about is um, facilitating more families to come on Wednesday nights, okay? So we're gonna, we want to make it easy on you to come on Wednesday night. We're calling it Family Night, okay? So we're still going to have a teaching here in Sanctuary. And the youth are still going to have youth group and children and nursery are going to be open. They're going to have the classes. But we're going to start earlier. We're going to start earlier and we're going to offer dinner uh, that you can buy here. So, uh, you know, instead of you racing around, running around town buying, uh, you know, fast food or having to go home and cook and, you know, after a day of work and picking up the kids and stuff, all you have to do is make your way to church, eat here, you know, you stay for the service. And guess what? We're going to get out also way earlier because we will make it easy for those that, you know, still have maybe some homework to do or those that have to get up early for work. So our new um, dismiss time is going to be 759. <laughs> 759. We're, we're on Wednesday nights, you know, early night. We're out. Youth is out. Children's out. We're all out of here. And, and we still get to come and fellowship. You know, one of the important things is we're building a place where you belong to a family. And so we're providing you for, with another opportunity to come and know people and let people know you, right? And break bread with other people. And the food's going to be so great, you know, and it, it'll probably be like $7 a person, which is about what you spend on Chick-fil-A, you know, or actually probably less, you know. Yeah. When I go to Chick-fil-A, it's like 100 bucks. You know, I don't go to Chick-fil-A anymore. Come on. I go by myself. No, just, just kidding. <laughs> Are we getting some of that done now? Your mom's got some food for you, I think. <laughs> all right, let's get into the Word today. Um, and yes, I'm looking forward to seeing all those young adults on my house tonight. We're going to have an awesome, awesome Christmas party. Um, if you don't know uh, my address, just ask Jose. He'll kindly tell you, Okay. Or Josh, he lives there. So, um, okay. So, have you ever tried to put something together without looking at directions? Okay. 
I am that guy too, right? And most of the time is fine, you know, but there are certain things that are that really do require you to follow the directions because you've never done it, you don't know how to do it, you know. And how many times have you had a regret that you wish you did it the right way at the beginning because now it's taken so many hours, right? So I'll tell you, you know, the story, maybe you, you might have heard her, you know, but, you know, I, I wanted to remodel the downstairs, downstairs bathroom. And, um, and so I just ordered a new faucet on Amazon. How hard can that be, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then it came and I just started, you know, unscrewing things. And then I started screwing the new stuff and it didn't fit, you know. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like so quick and so easy. And it came with plumber's tape, so I figured, you know. I mean, it had Chinese wrapping, but I didn't think anything of it, you know. I thought it would just work just fine, like American-made plumber's tape, you know, or something like that. But no, it did not. And so what happened is I, you know, in about 30 minutes, I was done, but I had leaks everywhere. (laughs) So at that time, that was my daughter's bathroom, you know. And she's like, why is there a bucket under here? I said, just empty it once a day. It's fine, (laughs) you know. Don't you like how pretty the new faucet looks, you know. And so I, it was... I couldn't get away with that, so I had to call a plumber, you know, and then plumber came, and, and he's a really nice guy, like, he's, he's a believer in everything, you know, he, he, he saw the mess I made, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, you need this, and you need this, and you need a converter, and, and this plumber's tape is not good, it's like, from the dollar store, he's like, you need this kind, and so I'm taking notes and everything, right? And so he did it, you know, and within 30 minutes of his experience time, you know, he did it the right way. It was awesome. And $300 later, you know, <laughs> that was my, you know, my, like that cost, the, the, the mistake, you know, of not educating myself and following directions and really doing my research cost me more in the end than it would have if I had done it beforehand. And so that, hasn't, that only happens to me, right? That's it. Just, just me. So that's why I'm being vulnerable with you and sharing how, you know, my mistakes. I hope you can learn from my mistakes. But, you know, so many times we find out it was the wrong way, you know, the harder way, the longer way, the, the misleading way. It wasn't as easy as they told you on the video. They just wanted you to buy something, right? Yeah, you know, that, that product to lose weight, it was like not as they had said it was going to be. And, you know, you end up paying for trying to take a shortcut. Right? Right? And so, how awesome it would be if we only knew the right way from the beginning. Like that you know, this is the right way, and there's no other right way. Every other way is going to be a detour. It's going to take me longer time. It's going to cost me more in the end. It's going to hurt me. Like, it'd be awesome if we knew from the beginning, like, this is the right way. It's not going to cost me heartache. It's not going to cost me anxiety. It's not going to cost me gray hairs or losing hair, right? That would be awesome. And I bet you want to know what the way is, right? We all want life, right? We all want abundant life. We don't want just a heartbeat. We want abundant life, right? People want to really live. Like, people want joy. People want peace. People, people don't want just, like, you know, a little bit. Like, everybody's really looking for an abundant life, not just a survival life. Nobody likes to be in survival mode, right? So we want to um, 
to, to, to find how can I be happy, how can I have peace, how can I like have all these things, right, and really enjoy life. So we go in many different ways and directions to try and get it, don't we? Yeah. Right? Well, I think this is going to be it. Well, this worked for so-and-so. Well, you know, this person did it that way, and look at them. They look happy. Haven't you seen their Facebook page and their Instagram page? <laughs> They're always happy. Because <laughs> that's, that's always true, right? <laughs> and so, you know, what we get to discover is that Jesus is himself eternal life and abundant life. See, because it's, it's two things. It's not just, I want to be happy while I live on earth, but it's like, what happens after I'm no longer on earth? What happens in eternity? Right? We don't die. We, we keep on living. You know. Now, how you live and where you live for eternity, it's something you should strongly consider while you still have a chance here, right? And so, this is when we look at Jesus. We say, okay, Jesus, you are the way to eternal life, yes, but he's also the way to abundant life. And that's what I want to talk about today because... It, this isn't just for us, but it's also our mandate. It's also our responsibility while we are here on earth to know this and to tell others about this. And so Jesus is the way, all right? So let's go to John chapter 14 and verse 6, okay? If you, if you have your Bibles, you can open it up. If, if you're slow at looking scripture, just write it down and you can read it on your own way. Uh, on your own time later, but it says in, Je- uh, in John fourteen six, it says Jesus told him, "I am." Say with me, I am. "I am." See, he didn't say I have or I know. I have the way, or I know the way. He said, "I am the way." He is the way. The, he's the person himself is the person of the way. You cannot separate the right way from Jesus. Religion wants you to separate it and say, all right, give me directions, I'll see you at the end. But relationship with Jesus, which is what we teach here, says he wants to walk with you every step of the way. He is the way. You can't separate himself from the way. So it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Why do we want to come to the Father? Because... That's what we were created for, to be in relationship with Heavenly Father, with Father God, right? That, it, okay, so Jesus is the way. You know, in Isaiah 55, uh, verse 8 and 9, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. So, you know, I, I've used this example a lot, but it's because it's so easy, easy to uh, relate nowadays. You know, you have... You have Google Maps, right? And you're zoomed in. And note that I said Google because Apple Maps are worthless, okay? <laughs> Google Maps, the ones that actually work, you know? Sorry, I think I lost about half of you. Yeah. No. All right. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> this Apple-Android battle has been going on for years. Okay, listen. Listen. You know, if you, if you, if you have an address and you see just like the very street it's that location's on it doesn't tell you much what do you normally always have to do to know where that's at you have to zoom what 
out. You have to zoom out. And then you see main crossroads, right? You go, oh, I think I know where those main crossroads are. And then you zoom out a little more. You go, oh, yeah, there's the 60 and there's the 101. Now you really know, right? But you have to zoom out. And see, what God is saying here, he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything. You know, different version says, my thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. In other words, God has a thousand foot view for your life, for everybody's life. Because you're in the day to day. You're like, you're like on street view. Has anybody ever used street view on Google Maps, right? You're on street view. Like, you're like, if it looks as if you were walking just through the street. You, don't, you see the, the building, you only see what's right there. You don't see the big picture. If you've never seen street view, you're gonna have to go find that. After service, don't look it up right now. Okay, and verse 9 says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, so God is saying, hey, I have, you know, the bigger picture. You can't see the bigger picture because you're on street view. You see this huge building right here and this other one right here. You don't know what everything looks like. But he is the way, the truth, the life. He, he is that way. His ways are higher. So he is, you know, oh man, it's, I'm referencing so many movies. But you've seen those spy movies, right? Where the guy's got the little thing here in the ear. And there's somebody on a computer somewhere else watching through satellite. Anybody? I want to see if this example is going to work. Okay. And they're like, go left. And they don't even ask. They're like, go left. I mean, that's right. So go left, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't be a good spy, Okay. And they go left, right? And then I turn here and turn there. And they don't even question. They're just going by what the guy on the computer that sees the big picture is seeing, right? Because he knows, like, you can't see it. But there's, like, you know, a truckload of bad guys coming this way. So you need to go this way now. And that is what it's like to have a relationship with God. That is what it's like to be in his ways and trust his ways because his ways are higher, right? Does it take faith? Absolutely. We're called to live this life by faith. You have to trust it. You can't be like, ah, I don't know. Are you sure? Let me go see your computer. No, you're going to die. <laughs> like, you, you either trust or you die. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so Jesus is the way. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen? The way. What's the next one? I want to make sure I don't skip through my own message. Okay? He is the truth. Okay? Oh, for, first of all, let me say this. His ways, his lifestyle, equals perfect theology. Okay? What does this mean? <sighs> Many times we read the Bible and we could, say, we could get a little confused. Right? Maybe we read the Old Testament and we get a little confused as to, is God really good? I read something, you know, really scary, you know, and this and that. And so Jesus came to give us the person personification of God the Father, to reflect exactly what, the, what God the Father intended us. That's why he became man, so that we would know the person of God. And when we look at the life of Jesus we can be sure that that's exactly what the Father wanted to do and how the Father wanted to ask, uh, to act and respond into every situation that we read. That's why the Gospels are so important because when you read the Gospels, you read the life of Jesus, 
it clarifies every question or every confusion you might have from not understanding the Old Testament. You following me? And anybody? I mean, I had that many times, and then I understood. Like, you know, it's his ways, his lifestyle. You know how he lived on Earth. That equals perfect theology, right? So, so quick example is you know um, the the woman caught in adultery, right? Old Testament said stone her. Like that's the penalty of adultery is to be stoned to death. And you go, whoa! I mean, is that? Is that really what God wants to do, right? Well, guess what? You know, it, Jesus was walking on earth, and the Pharisees, you know, and, and these people catch a woman in adultery, and they bring her right in front of in front of Jesus. You're like, all right, what are we gonna do, huh? Because the law says to stone her. And did Jesus do that? No, he didn't. Right? What did he do? He he extended grace to her, right, and showed her love. And also reflect the heart of the Father that was not to condemn, not to judge, but to extend grace. Because He was here to be the sacrifice to take for all our sins, including that woman's sin. You see, so, so if you only read that, you'd be confused. But when you look at the life of Jesus, then He clarifies it. And that's perfect theology. You go, wow. Thank you, Jesus, for clarifying how we're supposed to act and respond into the situations. Jesus was never scared of sin, you know. People get scared of sin sometimes, you know. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen, you know. Well, hold on, you know, there's an answer for that. Jesus dealt with that. All right, so Jesus' life and Jesus' ways are perfect theology. If there's ever any question, you just look at his life, all right. Let's go um, next here. Um, and Jesus is the truth, all right? Jesus is the truth. Now, in um, John 8, 32, let's go to John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. free. That's amazing. And you will know the truth, and, you will set, and it will set you free. Now, who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. But you look at this principle in, in any way, right, in and it, and it gives you freedom. Like, what happens when somebody's wrongly accused and then the truth comes out? They're set free, right? Truth sets people free. Truth equals freedom. And so Jesus is the person of truth. Just like Jesus is the person of the way, he is the way. You know, like, his followers were actually known in the early church as those of the way. Because he is the way. And so he's also the person of truth. And truth is also speaking of the word, speaking of the Bible, right? The Bible says in John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Jesus is the word. In the beginning, you know, in creation, it was the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was the word. He was the one that was creating stuff, you know, at the command of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is the person of the word, and it's that word that sets us free. He is the one that sets us free. He is truth. He's also, you can't separate Jesus from truth. You can't separate Jesus from truth. Um, what this does is it, he sets us free, okay? 
Um, let's go to, I'm gonna, I want to read, actually, you guys are going to forgive me back there, but I'm going to um, go to verse 36 first, and then we're going to skip down to 44, okay? So first verse 36, John 8, 36, okay? It says, um, it says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Who is the Son? Jesus is the Son, right? Because He is truth. If it's His truth, it truly sets us free, really. There's a difference between truth and reality, okay? And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. You have a reality that you live that is real to you. You have feelings and emotions, and they can be based on lies. But they're real to you, and it's the reality that you're experiencing. Like, let's just say that you overheard that there's an ongoing terrorist attack outside these doors. And all of a sudden, you panic, you start sweating, you get stressed out, maybe you even have, start having chest pains. But it's not true. There's no terrorist attack going on outside. But it was still your reality. Because you believed a lie. And who's the father of lies? The devil. Satan is the father of lies. And, and if you read through, through these verses, you know, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. So truth sets us free. And truth, like, Truth, he is truth. In other words, there isn't like another truth, your truth, my truth. Uh uh. There's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. Everything aside from him, the truth, is just an alternate reality that we have chosen to participate in because of our thoughts and what we've chosen to believe in. So whatever you're experiencing right now, you know, whatever you're living, if it's not abundant, full of joy and full of peace, it could be there's a lie somewhere in the mix of your beliefs that is affecting what you're experiencing. So the only truth is Jesus. And, and the interesting thing, I, follow me, this is if the sun sets you free because the sun is truth, then you're truly free. You could think you know the truth and feel somewhat of a relief, but if it's not Jesus, if it's not his word, it's not going to last. You can convince yourself that what you're doing is okay and truly believe it, but if it's not Jesus and if it's not the word, it's not going to last. Because he's also the rock, a foundation, right, that is not moved. And then if we go down to verse 44, it says, For you are children of your father the devil. It's not talking to you, it's talking to the Pharisees right there in the scripture, right? Saying, children of your father the devil, because you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth. He's always hated Jesus. Because there is no truth in him. So what does the devil give? He gives lies, right? And when he gives us lies... And we believe them, they become our reality, and we start acting them, feeling them, thinking about them. And guess what? Because we're also created in His likeness and image, we also start creating them and attracting them around us. Ha, ha, ha. It says, when He lies, it is consistent with His character, for He is a liar and the father of lies. Man, Jesus was making a point here. 
how many lies are we believing in our life that that come not from God? They came from the father of lies, right? And it says in verse 45, so when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe it. Because you've been feeding off of the news and the media for so long that you, don't, you can't even recognize the truth anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just got quiet, like quiet, quiet in here. I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. <laughs> right? Isn't that? It's called conditioning. <laughs> okay. And so... I think the next one says, truth speaks hate to those who hate truth. Um, truth speaks hate to those who hate truth. I mean, that's exactly, that's, <laughs> Pastor Tom told me this. I ran into him at a, at a breakfast place a few months ago, and I just asked him a question, and he's, he said, like, he just said this line, and I'm like, that exactly explains what Jesus is saying here. Truth sounds like hate to those that hate truth. And those that hate truth have been conditioned in listening and obeying to the lies of the devil for too long that when they hear truth, it is so contrary to what they've been conditioned to in their minds and in their hearts, they, they hate it. It offends them. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Don't worry. This waterfall keeps falling. Distracting me. It's distracting you. <laughs> Are you getting something out of this? So Jesus sets us free, right? When we, th- that's why Sozo is so powerful. Because when you go to Sozo, it, it, one of the main things it's doing is, is saying, all right, what lies are you believing? You feel hopeless in this area? You feel depressed in this area? You feel anxiety in this area? Why? What's the lie behind that hopelessness? There's always a lie behind hopelessness. But when you know the truth, Jesus, in other words, is what, are you, what is Jesus saying about this thing? Then it sets you free. <sighs> wow. Like, like you just broke off some chains and you just, this weight just lifted off your shoulders, right? Like the lie that you're never going to get married. You'll never be happy. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have your dream job. You're never, what? Fill in the blank. What is it? Because that's the voice of the devil right there. That's a lie. When you know the truth, when you know Jesus, he sets you free. See, but most people want to experience the abundant life, the abundant life, dismissing the previous two elements of who Jesus is. Let me say that again. Most people want and expect just abundant life to happen, but they dismiss the previous two elements of the person of Jesus, which is the way, his ways, his lifestyle, his way of doing things. Nah, I'll do it my way. Okay, you just dismiss number one. And the truth, nah, eh, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And you dismiss those two things, and no wonder you're not experiencing abundant life. Okay, let's smile, church. (sighs) Okay, so Jesus is the life, okay? Let's go to John 10.10. 
John chapter 10, verse 10. Everybody knows this, right? It says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you, if there's anything stolen in your life, if there's anything that has died in your life, if there's any destruction in your life, it was not God. It clearly tells us right here, it was the thief. It was the devil, right? But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or other version says, life and more abundant life. So I'll tell you what these two are. The first one is life eternal, right? It's not like Jesus was stuttering. It's not like he was like, oh, I'm here to give you life, life, life more abundant. No, no, no. He was talking about two very important things. The first one is eternal life, okay? That means when we, live, when we leave this body, we have guaranteed eternal life with him. I'm telling you, 80, 90 years, 100 years, however long you get to live here on this earth, is nothing compared to eternity. It's a, it's, a, it's a water drop in the ocean compared to eternity. So which one's more important? Because this one determines how the next one goes. And his promise is we're going to have an amazing eternal life with him. Like, it's going to be so good. There's going to be no more pain like there is here, no more sickness like there is here. No, none, none of the stuff that the world suffers is is going to be in eternity with Jesus. So that's really important. And so the first one is eternal life. And the second one, he says, in life more abundant. It's abundant life. Now let me tell you, that abundant life is not for heaven. That's obvious. Heaven is going to be abundant life. I mean, the streets are made out of gold, and there's going to be mansions. Like, what he's saying is abundant life here on earth. So he's like, hey, I came for the whole package. You get to have abundant life, but you also get to have, uh, I mean, on an eternal life, which is going to be abundant. And you get to have also, I want you to have abundant life here on earth. You don't have to be sad and depressed and, and poor and barely making it and, and suffering through this life. That's, that's why he came to the, to the cross. It, it was not just salvation. It was also that we wouldn't have sickness, poverty, depression, anxiety, and all those things here. He's like, I came, I took, I paid the price so you could have eternal life and abundant life here. Second Corinthians 5.18. It tell, are you getting something out of this? Okay. All right. Second Corinthians 5.18. It says, and all of this is a gift from God. Man. How many of you like receiving gifts? I love receiving gifts. Even white elephant gifts are fun. Even if you open it up and it's toilet paper. True story. Which last year would have been the most fought for gift. We all love opening up gifts, right? Now... If the gift comes from a very, very rich person, wouldn't you be a little bit more excited? Now imagine if the gift comes from God, right? Like, that's like, you can't beat that. You know it's going to be a, a gift that surpasses all expectations. You know, it says all of this is a gift from God who, bought, who brought us back to himself, to Christ. We were separated. 
We didn't have the access that we have now. And he, he gave us a gift, the gift of Jesus, right? That's what we're celebrating. Jesus came in the form of a baby in the most vulnerable way, put, in, put himself in the hands of a teenage girl, God. That's bold. My, my wife said it last week. You should listen to that message. I was thinking, I'm like, I think I am more grateful, grateful in a new way to Jesus after understanding he could have put himself in like, you know, the hands of an experienced mom. You know, one of those moms that have had many kids and could just do everything perfectly and know how to cook and know everything. No, let's do a beginner. Gosh, teenager. My goodness, right? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, you're so amazing. Like, you're so brave, right? It's like, I don't trust some of my daughters with a puppy. (laughs) And you put the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world in a teenage girl. Now, obviously, she was an amazing teenager, right? Um, But still, there's no guarantee. (laughs) And so all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself, to Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Oh, my gosh. Tell the person next to you, you have a task? Okay. So here's the task. If you're reconciled to God, then your task is now to reconcile others to God. You know, it's a very simple task. It's a very simple task. It's like, you know, it's like if... If Carlos over here is mad at James, right, and I'm reconciled with both of them, that's not true at all, right? And I go, hey, Carlos, you know, James really likes you. Like, he, he really, he, he misses you. James, you know, come here, James. Come here, James. Would you, you know, just give him a hug. Will you? Like, you, he loves Carlos. you. See how there's you, nothing Carlos. wrong in between you two? Yeah, that's reconciliation. Right? Well, that's amazing. See, most people think God is mad at them. Most people think, you know, because this is where religion has done, is like it has, it has told people God's mad at you, you know. He's got a big stick on his hand, and you make the, right, the wrong move, and he's going to whack you, right? And that's not God. So that's what it's saying. Like, if you've been reconciled with God, if you realize and you've heard the good news that he loves you and he gave his life for you and he's not looking to condemn you but to love you and he wants you to have an abundant life, wouldn't, like, now can you just tell others of the same thing instead of being a selfish believer who just keeps it all for himself? Ooh, sorry. I didn't call any of you selfish, okay? But I'm just saying that could be very selfish, right? You have the answer to life and eternal life and abundant life. And here's people around you dying and suffering and, you know, not knowing good news. And you're not telling them. Right? There's a fire next door. And you won't dial 911. (laughs) Well, we, we would, right? Of course we would. So this is our gift, right? This is the gift, is, the, is that we've been reconciled to God, and now he's like, would you please reconcile others to me? And that's Matthew 28, 19, which says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Great Commission. So, 
So we come to the end of this. Oh, good. I have time. Thank God. I don't have to race through this. Um, this is really important for me and for, I think, for our whole church. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the person of the way. You can't separate the way to abundant life from Jesus' ways. He is the truth. You can't run a race. Your life is the race. You're running the race, the good race, right? You can't run the race if you're tied up on your feet, if you're bound. You know, I, I wrote here on um, <clears throat> John 8, 32. It says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, but the opposite is also true. If you're believing a lie, you remain bound. If you're believing a lie, you remain a slave, spiritually speaking, right? So to know the truth is to know Jesus. He is the way, the way of doing things, the, life, the, way, the lifestyle, right? He is the truth that sets me free so that I can really run my race. You know, people trying to run the race bound up, you know, worse than me. And I'm not bound. Right? Just have a brace on my leg. <laughs> like, if you're bound, like, you can't move very well. You're going to trip and fall, trip and fall, get hurt. You're going to start having, you know, s- scratches over your face. And you're like, what happened to you? It's been rough, huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should cut these ropes, right, so that you can freely run, freely walk, you know. And then you can experience life, eternal life, and abundant life. God is so good. He's so awesome, you know. So the question for you is, will you surrender your ways and trust the one who has a thousand foot view? The one who was at the beginning and the one who is at the end. He's not just a thousand foot view. He's been at the beginning. He's been to the end. He knows everything in between. Don't you think that's a life advantage? Right? Or we can live in the pride that keeps you in a rat race of, Never really being satisfied. Ah, I don't need that God stuff. You know, I'll just go on and, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll work out in the end, you know. And then what you do is what I described at the beginning, you know. You went a different way only to find out you wasted another decade of your life trying it your way. And now you have to pay not $300 to an experienced plumber, but a lot more than that. This is serious, but I like to smile because <laughs> it could be a little tough. Come on, Josh. And so, you know, that, that's the question for you. Like, which one are you going to do? You're going to surrender your ways and trust the one, or you're going to keep on your ways? And, and so we really come, you know, our life comes at the, at the end of everything. Our life comes down to two things, you know, and that is, did you know God and did you make him know? That's it. Like, if you really boil it all down, you know, everything else gone, you know, at the end, on your deathbed, it comes down to this. Did you know God? In other words, did you receive that gift? The invitation, right, to receive what he paid for. See, every religion is about what you have to do, have to do, have to do to get close to God. Christianity is not about religion and rules. It's about what he already did to get close to us. You just got to receive it. You just got to believe it. 
That's it. And so, did you make him? Did you know him? And did you make him known? Did you tell others about him? Did you reconcile other people to him? Did you tell other people the good news? That's it. That's all. That's at the end. Like you know, like yes, you did miracles. You did ministry. You did you know uh, business. You were you became very wealthy. You had lots of kids. But did you know him? And did you make him known? Nothing else matters at the end. And then eternity comes. Bam. So why don't you close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray to, to end. And um, this is Jesus' month. It's like a, we're celebrating him all month. It's like a Mexican birthday. <laughs> And so I just want to ask you this morning, you know, first, if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? Do you know you had, do you know for sure, without a shadow of doubt, you would have eternal life? So that's the first gift, right? And so if you never received Jesus in your heart, I want to give you this opportunity today. The Bible says it's real simple. It's real simple. It says if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you're saved. If you believe in your heart and you receive that gift, then you're saved. And you're, you're his son, and you have eternal life. And now you get to start walking with him because he is the way. You get to experience truths that will set you free from things and lies that bound you for years. And you get to experience abundant life truly satisfying not circumstantial peace but peace that flows from the inside joy that never stops and so I'm going to ask everybody in this place would you, would you repeat this prayer after me and that way if somebody's making this prayer for the first time all you have to do is believe it in your heart and so just repeat after me dear Father God I thank you for sending Jesus in the form of a baby to experience everything we experience to die on a cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive all my sins today. I receive your gift. I open my heart and I ask you to come in and become my way, my truth, my source of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. With your eyes closed, I'm going to ask this. You know, if you pray that prayer for the first time, it really, really blesses. You know, the Bible says that if you confess God before men, he'll confess you before uh, before the Father in heaven. You know, it's just important to make this public declaration. You know, Jesus was really bold to hang on a cross naked for us. And so this is really nothing in comparison to that. So would you just please, I won't embarrass you or anything like that, would just raise your hand if you prayed this prayer for the first time. Just right there where you're at, you know, raise your hand if you prayed this prayer for the first time. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. Come on. Anybody else? There we go. There we go. I see that hand. You can put it down. Thank you. All right. I just want you to know this is the most important decision in your life. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else in here? All right, all right. And I have one, one more 
invitation for everybody. And uh, just keep your eyes closed for a second, okay? And that is to, to become a reconciler. You know, the Bible says this is all our responsibility. We've found love and grace unending from God. Like, that, that means that no matter how deep of a pit you could fall into, it's never too deep for him to pull you out of. That's unending grace. And so, if today you, you say, yeah, I found that grace, you know, but I've not been very good at reconciling others to him. I'm kind of just focused on my own thing and working through my own stuff, and I don't have time. And so, you know, God never asks us to be fully ready and fully perfect and fully uh, knowing everything to reconcile others. It's as simple as I did with James and Carlos. And so today, if you say, I understand this now more than ever, and I will make it my mission because it's important to the heart of God, I will make it important to my, to my life to reconcile others to what I have found in Him. And if this is you today and you say, I make a commitment today before God that I will take every opportunity that I have to reconcile others, even in the simplest forms, and reconcile them to God. I'm going to ask you to just take a stand right there where you're at. When I count three, just stand up right there where you're at. One, two, and three. Thank you, Jesus. So, Jesus, we praise you today. We thank you. And we stand before you today as a room of reconciled people who say, yes, we will take on this ministry. Aside from everything else we do, being moms and dads and businessmen and, and, and employees and, and students, aside from everything we do, we say we will always be reconciling people to you. And so we just take the stand before you today, God, and we recognize that at the end of our life, it only matters two things, knowing you, and we say we want to know you more than ever, and getting others to know you. Not it's not talking about being a pushy preacher and making people feel bad. No, it just, it just means letting people know, hey, he loves you. Would you like to come to church with me? You know, would, would you like to know him? He, he loves you. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about your imperfections. He just wants you to know that he loves you and he wants to know him. He wants you to know him. And, and in that simplicity, God, we just stand today and we say, we'll do it. We'll go. We'll do it, you know, in the midst of our lives. We'll invite people to church. We'll tell them that you love them. We'll reconcile them to you, God. We take on this, this task today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give Jesus praise? Give Jesus a hand.